Welcome to the Female CEO Show. I'm your host, Courtney Quinn. I'm a corporate dropout turned serial entrepreneur with a passion for helping female business owners step into your power and reach your full potential in business and in life. I'm on a mission to empower more women to become their own boss while teaching them how to do it in a healthy, scalable way that supports your dream life so that you're running a business and not owning a business that runs you. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur or you're still toying with the idea of diving into your own business, you're in the right place if you're looking for tools to support you as you are navigating the world of entrepreneurship as a woman, because I'm going to get real with you on how to do so. Let's dive in to today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome to today's episode of the Female CEO Show podcast. Today, I am joined by Tarina Maldonado. She is a survivor in every sense of the word, empowered with resilience, empathy, and determination by living through child abuse, sexual assault, and leaving a high-demand religion. As a coach, facilitator, and speaker, Tarina now helps others confidently claim their voice and live an authentic life full of purpose in one-on-one and corporate settings. Dubbed by Faithwire News, the mom who took on Hollywood and won, Tarina is also a co-author of the book Fear to Freedom. Her superpower is her unapologetic vulnerability. Tarina has been featured by dozens of national and international media outlets for her harrowing story and powerful message, including the New York Times, CNN, ABC, The Guardian, Vanity Fair, Fox, and The Washington Post. And today we are going to be talking with Tarina all about vocal empowerment. And just as a heads up, Tarina is going to be doing a giveaway as well for the audience. So stay tuned for that at the end of the show, and we'll give you all the information on how you can enter to win. And with that, Tarina, welcome to the Female CEO Show podcast. Thank you, Courtney. It's so great to be here with you and your audience today. I'm so excited to join you. Oh, yes. We are so happy to have you. So let's kick things off right away. I would love to hear a bit about your story, kind of your past, and how you have gotten to here now being a coach, speaker, an expert on vocal empowerment. Tell us everything. Yes. So um, I really love to start with the story where I get dubbed the mom who took on Hollywood and won. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so my family and I, um, because of the, my job at the time, were invited to a pre-release screening of this children's movie. And in the movie, there was a scene where the main character had to have his genitals examined despite voicing his discomfort and was told to go to his Zen place to allow this to happen. And it's a children's movie. And I felt that that sent some really harmful messages for yeah. children. So I wrote an article sharing what I saw. I shared that the lens through which I saw that was that of a survivor of child abuse. Um, I told people that this is a perfect opportunity to have important conversations with your children, um, regardless of whether you go see the movie or not. You know, if you did, it's very easy to bring up this conversation because that topic is kind of brought up in the movie. And if you don't, here's a great reminder to have this conversation Um, what I didn't do in my article was tell everybody what to do. I didn't ever say, don't go see this movie. Um, I didn't rail and, um, talk badly about Hollywood or directors or 
the actors or any of that. All I did mm-hmm. was share my experience, the lens through which I saw it and encouraged people to have important and meaningful conversations. And at the time, my audience was very, very small. And really, I just thought I would just be sharing mostly to let my friends and family know what was in here so that they could be making an informed decision. And uh, very quickly, the article went viral in like the most literal sense of the word. My website had like 5 million page views. It was absolutely insane. The article was shared in countries around the world. I was being contacted by all the major news and media outlets. And this really um, kind of gave me evidence that my story and my words matter and kind of built up my thoughts that I'd had this nudging for years that the experience that I'd had growing up and as a survivor was meant for more than just me. And it kind of like a universal nudge, a nudge from the universe being like, hey, here you go. So I kind of proceeded to follow that. And as a result, I'm now doing life coaching. I um, went through a certification program with Alexia Vernon for, it's called Step Into Your Moxie, Speak Up and Influence. And I offer this um, in, it's ideal for like groups, corporate settings to help people feel comfortable and and confident speaking up and speaking out in high stakes situations. I also utilize it in my personal one-on-one coaching to help people feel more empowered speaking up in all arenas of their lives. So that's a little bit of my journey and how I've gotten where I am. Wow. What an incredible way to kick things off by, you know, just sharing your thoughts. And I love how you said, like, I wasn't telling people what to do. I was just sharing like my experience through my lens. And I feel like that is, you know, likely a huge part of the reason of why it was so widely accepted was because you weren't bashing. You weren't saying anything like you were just like, hey, we should probably like, let's look at this a different way. Like look at this through a different lens. And I love that. And I feel like that speaks to so much of what you're going to be able to tell us today about speaking up, but how to do it in a way that is like eloquent and respectful. Like it doesn't have to be aggressive um, or confrontational in how we speak up. It's just like confidence in ourselves. So I love that. Um, Yeah. And I definitely feel like this is something where I see people struggling, especially post 2020, where there were so many huge issues that were very, very charged and very important and very um, personal um, and emotional. And I think that having effective communication is something that we've lost a little bit because we've decided we need to take a stand so strongly in things, which I'm not saying we don't, but sometimes the way in which we take that stand can make a big difference in um, how we can impact each impact others as well as um, maintaining and nurturing relationships. Absolutely. So Tarina, tell us a little bit about what vocal empowerment is. 
So I think sometimes there's this misunderstanding of vocal empowerment. People think of that and they think of um, just presence. So, you know, really project your voice, stand with confidence, um, those type of uh, topics, which definitely can be part of and an aspect of vocal empowerment. But to me, vocal empowerment goes much deeper than that. And it's much broader than that. And it really is rooted in um, feeling comfortable with who you are and really being deeply grounded in your own sense of worth and loving yourself. And that is where vocal empowerment really is born, where we can have our inner voice match our outer voice. Absolutely. I love that. So tell us a little bit about some of the pre-work to vocal empowerment. Like you said, like loving yourself, having that self-confidence. Are there any practices that you love to help kind of bring that out in the women that you work with? Absolutely. So one of my non-negotiables is a practice of self-care and I hear so many times from people that I don't have time, I don't have money, I can't, like, that's not feasible. And so really what I like to help people really grasp and understand is what self-care truly is. Because often we get this idea that self-care is going and getting massages and pedicures and taking a bubble bath and lighting a candle. And, and yes, those can all be acts of self-care. But those are acts of self-care. What self-care really truly is, is within your intention. And so um, say I'm having a really busy day that day and I'm like, I don't have 10 minutes. What I can do is with my intention, take something that might be a little more routine and turn that into my self-care for the day. So I typically will have a cup of chai tea in the morning and if I look at my day and I'm like, dang, that is like back to back, busy, busy. Where am I going to take care of myself today? I'll be like, I'm going to really mindfully and intentionally enjoy my tea this morning. And so I will. I'll bring in my senses. I'll enjoy the smell of the tea, the flavor of it, the warm tea in my hands. And I will just really mindfully do that. And while I'm doing it, tell myself, I am taking a moment to really be present with this experience because I love myself and I want to really sink into enjoying this experience of drinking my tea and just bring in that love for myself in that. And so within that, I've turned this routine act of drinking my tea into something mindful that's showing love to myself. Wow. How powerful. I love how you just completely like demystified this notion of self-care that is you know, having to invest a lot of time or money into yourself. And oftentimes as female entrepreneurs, like we don't have an abundance of time to like have all of the pedicures and all of the massages and all of the like hour long meditations. The example that you just gave of like being mindful while you're drinking your tea, you just blew my mind. That is so powerful. I love that. And just the like, Really, you can make, I mean, in that sense, like you can make so many different moments throughout your day an act of self-care instead of just like, you know, rushing to chug the tea because you have a meeting coming up, like really just spending that time with yourself. 
Oh, that's so powerful. Like no one can say that they don't have time or money for self-care anymore after that. <laughs> you really can't. It could be even something as simple as like, I know that I need to drink more water today. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to be aware of making sure I finish two of my giant water bottles. And that's my act of self-love. Like I am wow. nourishing my body with the water that it needs because I love myself. And that's important yes. for my health. And at the end of the day, you can look back and be like, thank you for taking care of me today. (laughs) For drinking the water that we needed. Absolutely. Oh, just, I love how you have just completely simplified self-care for me. Like, I mean, you know, we talked about this before we started recording. Like I have my emotional support water bottle by me literally at all times and just taking a moment, like as I'm drinking that water or, you know, just being more intentional about that or at the end of my day being like, I finished three of those. Like I did that. And I did that and for myself. In the intention of, I did that because I love myself because yes. I am important. I am worthy of taking time to drink enough water so that my body can be healthy. Wow. Oh my gosh. This is incredible. This is incredible. So that's kind of like the the self-care, the self-love aspect. What about confidence? Tell us a little bit about some of the practices that you do to help instill inner confidence. So this is why we first start with self-care and self-love okay. is because when you really get deeply rooted in your worth and that that is not contingent upon anything other than the fact that you are human that can that is where you can come back to when speaking up doesn't go right because mm. we are human and it's not always going to go right we may cause harm we may speak in a way that did not communicate what we wanted in the way that we wanted this is going to happen and so mm-hmm. i think sometimes just acknowledging that like i am human and i'm going to make mistakes in my communication But I know that my intentions are good. And so I'm going to show myself grace through that. And I'm going to take accountability and repair harm that may have been done or correct misunderstandings. And I will be okay. When you can come back to understanding your worth and your value is not dependent upon how you communicate or how somebody receives your communication, that can give you more confidence to be able to speak out to go for the sales calls to advocate for the higher pay or the position because you know that regardless of that you're going to be okay because your worth is not is not valued on that that does not affect your worth and so that's one important thing is being able to just really really deeply understand your worth and be able to give yourself just grace when things don't go the way that you intended and you hoped. Absolutely. So you kind of alluded to this on like how we can communicate what we want. Dive into that with us and kind of talk us through how when an issue or situation comes up that we are like, hey, something feels off. Like I want to speak up about this. How are we able to communicate that? And also... If you have any advice on like maybe when a situation is right to speak up on and maybe those that aren't right to speak up on. 
Yes. So for how this, we'll talk about maybe like a situation that you know is coming, not necessarily like you're in the moment. Okay. So I like to walk people through really exploring and really knowing exactly what and why you're wanting to communicate. So the first question is, what do I really want to communicate? Because sometimes um, in a professional setting, in a personal setting, it might be very emotionally charged. You might be really like, I just need to get this across. But when you really like get to the root of what you want to communicate, that can be really helpful to really know what exactly is it that I'm wanting to communicate. And then we look at why. Is it for clarity? Is it because you want to feel understood? Is it just because you want them to know what you think? Like, is it because you're pissed off because they said or did something in a way that you didn't feel was appropriate? Like, what really is the why of what you want to communicate? And then look at what do you hope the outcome is going to be? Because some, when you go in and you know what and why, like you come in with everything that you want, but when you're looking at what you want the outcome to be, that can bring in the other person more of Mm. what you're hoping this will accomplish. And that can help you be more mindful of communicating in a way that's going to bring, to call them in instead of maybe like calling somebody out um, to bring them into the conversation. And so really going through those questions of, what exactly is it do I want to communicate? Why? And what do I hope the outcome is going to be can help you really prepare and get in a good emotional space for having a high stakes conversation. Um, And then I think it's important to remember that we want to have a mutually beneficial outcome, right? Mm -hmm. And so in the Step Into Your Moxie program, there's um, three different archetypes of communication. And one is the dragon. And that's when you come in and you're just like loud, you're scary, you're forceful. It's all or nothing. Like you're going to take what you need. You're going to take what you want. You're in charge. You are the boss and you are, you got this. Um, The other is a bunny which is kind of afraid to speak up, very timid, very quiet, um, not as um, brave in their communications. Mm -hmm. And then the third one, which is the ideal that we like to aim for, is the cheetah. And when you look at cheetahs in nature, they can be a really great example to us because cheetahs are some of the fastest animals, um, but they're they're also very playful, so they take time to just play and have fun. They like to rest and perch from spaces that are higher so that they can see everything that's going on. And when there is something that needs action, cheetahs are fast. They are there and they get it done. And that kind of can be a good balance for us. So a lot of times we can feel like we have to be the dragon. We have to come in and we have to like just be very loud, especially as women. A lot of times we feel like that might be what we have to do to to be heard in situations perhaps where we're not always. Um, Or sometimes society has told us that we don't want to be too loud. We don't want to be demanding. We don't want to be too much. And so then we fall into, well, I'm just not going to make waves. I might share my opinion, but it's going to be prefaced with, well, I really think, or I was hoping, or in, in my opinion, it might be best 
or fat, rather than just stating your own genius and your facts that you see there. And so really coming into this cheetah communication style of really looking for the win-win, being able to present your ideas in a way that um, is able to be heard, but is not apologetic and to have that mutual um, success in mind can be really beneficial. I love that. And how you said the cheetah likes to perch itself up to kind of see everything when that comes to us, like in communication, do you think that like a good communicator is before they're saying anything is like taking a look at or taking their blinders off a little bit and like seeing other people's perspectives or seeing how it might come across to other people? Absolutely. And so I do think part of that cheetah is also being willing and open to receive feedback that might sting. It's like, and try not to be defensive about that, right? Mm, Like when somebody says the way you communicated this to me, that felt X, Y, Z. Sometimes our instant response is going to be to be defensive and to say, well, that wasn't my intention. I didn't intend to do that because Mm -hmm. I truly believe we all come from a space of good intention. Um, But that's not helpful in that situation. When when the other person hears, well, that's not my intention, that's not really helping you to get to the root of what they just expressed. And so it can be really effective to just say, thank you so much for sharing that with me. I'm definitely going to look at that and see where I might need to improve. Wow. You did not necessarily admit guilt in that moment because maybe you didn't do anything wrong. Maybe it was just the way that they received it, Mm -hmm. but that validates their, their feelings. It validates their experience and allows you to then take that moment and really analyze how you maybe can communicate more effectively in the future. Absolutely. Oh, so powerful. I love all of these just small examples that you're giving of like, this is how you can say something differently. You know, this is how you can approach something differently. You're giving so much tactical information. Thank you. So kind of tailing off of that, you alluded to like, don't be apologetic um, or like, don't kind of downplay your genius, just like state it. So instead of being like, well, in my opinion, I think, how do we own our genius and state that in a way that is unapologetic? So role play can be a really beautiful tool to bring in when you are working on this. Because a lot of women have experienced, whether it's overtly or covertly, being told that they're too loud, that they're, I mean, and in professional settings that they're bitchy or demanding or just these different things. And we don't, you don't want to be seen that way. That's negative. Right. And so then we may pull back and then we start to act and communicate in a way that is more timid and not as confident. And so Mm -hmm. if you're feeling like, Oh, I am in that space, but you don't want to swing from one side of the pendulum to over in this dragon energy, that's too aggressive and too harsh role play how you might have some of those conversations find somebody who can kind of play back and forth or even just in your head kind of go through how you might communicate that 
and be mindful. If you're a person who in meetings often starts by minimizing your genius and your authority with statements of, well, I think, or in my opinion, or or it could work really well, like these things that before you even speak are, are minimizing what you're about to say. Mm-hmm. Be really mindful when you're in settings where that happens to just start sharing your opinion. Just start sharing your genius, share your expertise with the confidence. And again, this can come back to being rooted in our self-love. When you're really grounded in your worth, you're going to show up more effectively in your communication because you know you don't have to be apologetic for your expertise. You've gained that through your work and your education and your personal development. And so you can show up like the badass CEO woman that you are. Absolutely. So kind of speaking to that, do you have any advice to share when it comes to imposter syndrome? I feel like this is something that so many female CEOs suffer from, even though they are an expert, like they know their stuff, but then there's still that little bit of like, who am I to be sharing this? You know, who am I to be the expert or who's going to listen to me? Do you have anything to share on imposter syndrome and how we can kind of work through that? So one thing is um, just to remember entrepreneurship, personal development, it's a journey. It's not a destination. And as I personally deal with and work on and really look at imposter syndrome, I've come to a space of maybe this is never going to go away. Maybe this is just part of the journey. And so maybe it's more powerful for me to say, I see you imposter syndrome, but I choose to bring my genius to the world because I know that there are people out there that I can help. Every single person listening to this podcast today has a product or a service that improves the lives of other people. So who are you not serving when you choose to play small? Wow. Ooh, there's some realness for your Monday coming at you if you're listening to this episode. Wow. I love that. Like what a simple way to just like knock down those barriers that imposter syndrome can really build up. Like, you know, who are you depriving of what you have to offer by being scared to share it? I love that. I love how you simplify like everything for me, (laughs) at least like the way that you, the way that you communicate of all of these um, like teachings is I feel like you're just breaking down barriers in my mind of like, well, it doesn't have to be that hard. It doesn't have to be that complicated. Like if you look at it, it really can be something very simple or like a small tweak, a small mindset shift that can make a whole world of difference. Oh, I love the way that you teach. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) Of course. So you touched on this a little bit earlier about like, if you speak up and it doesn't go the way you want it to, like maybe it doesn't go right, then what? Like we got, we, we got our confidence up. We decided to, that we were going to speak up and then it didn't go well. What now? Yeah. So that really comes back to taking ownership of your communication and um, trying to make amends because everybody Everybody makes mistakes. We're imperfect humans. And so 
along with that comes just giving yourself grace and understanding and knowing that we're all doing the best that we can in any situation. And sometimes I like to say, bring in your best friend voice. <laughs> like if you're, if you were speaking to yourself as if you were your own best friend, what would you say? Because a lot of times we bring in our own worst enemy voice and we're just so critical. And so bringing in that, that best friend to, to really help you remember that you're a good person <laughs> and that you make mistakes and that's okay. It can be helpful. And then owning what you did without um, minimizing another person's experience. So like the example before, if, if somebody says what you said really um, was offensive or really hurt my feelings, you, you don't want to start with that wasn't my intention. Maybe that can be part of the conversation as we have a conversation. Um, but you want to, you want to validate that. So you want to validate any harm that you caused, whether that was your intention or not, because your intention does not impact their experience. And so just taking that into consideration and really validating that and just like taking ownership and apologizing that the way that you spoke was harmful to them. And then maybe asking like how you can make an improvement in the future, being open to that, like how, how could I communicate this? This is where you can bring an intention and say, my intention was X, Y, Z. Obviously, I did not do that well because you didn't receive it that way. How mm -hmm. in the future might I be able to communicate with you where I could have communicated that more clearly? Because everybody receives communication differently too. So bringing mm -hmm. them into the solution as well, rather than making this all about one or the other, bring them in to help improve communication in the future. Absolutely. I love how you said, you know, give yourself grace if something goes wrong. And I feel like when you get in the habit of giving yourself grace, you are able to look through that same lens and give other people grace so much easier. So no matter what, I feel like if you work on your, like how you are conversationally and how you're taking things, um, and being careful of how you present things to others. Like if someone says something to you and it comes across wrong, I feel like you're so much more likely to be like, okay, like they probably didn't mean it that way. Like, like let's give them some grace. And I feel like if we all gave ourselves and each other a little bit more grace, like the world would be such an easier, kinder place. It really would be. And when it comes to being on that receiving side of maybe poorly communicated um, information or yes. I find it to be really helpful to bring in curiosity rather than mm -hmm. accusations because okay. that can really help call people in to the conversation versus calling them out. So mm -hmm. instead of just saying like, you really hurt my feelings and what you said was really rude and really disrespectful. Um, you can take a phrase from Brene Brown that I love and say, the story that I'm telling myself right now is that you don't care about my feelings because the way that came across was blah, 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 blah. Yes. Or just get curious and be like, I'm really curious if what you intended to communicate was blank because that's what I heard. And then that opens up the dialogue for them to say, oh, that's that's not what I intended. Yeah. So curiosity can really help us to communicate in a healthier way because it allows people 
um, to feel comfortable having a conversation about where they may have had co- have caused harm mm-hmm. versus coming in with accusations or just statements of how you felt. Like if you bring it in in a curious way, is this really what you intended? Because that's how I received it. That is a much more opening and welcoming way to approach something versus just coming in with, hey, this is wrong. You did this. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Yes. So powerful. I love, you know, call them in instead of call them out. And I feel like that is something that our society and maybe even like social media has really generalized. It's like calling people out. And I, you know, that doesn't really seem like it ever serves much. You know, when you see people called out, even if they're like, you know, celebrities or influencers and people are wanting to call them out, like, It never really seems like it actually resolves the issue because then I feel like those people that are being called out go into automatic defense mode and then they'll just like share like a very generalized like statement or apology instead of like being able to open up a conversation about things and talk through things. And then, like you said, everyone receives, you know, communication differently And so when you think about these people who have these massive platforms, hundreds of thousands, millions of followers, like, of course, things are going to, like, be construed wrong or be heard wrong. Um, And then it seems like it would be so much more effective if we were opening up conversations instead of just, like, trying to cancel everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. And I love how you talked about the best friend voice. Um. Because as you were saying that, I was like, okay, yeah, like, next time something's going wrong, it's like, instead of bashing myself, it's like, how would I be talking to my best friend if she came to me with this scenario? Because it certainly would not be the way that, like, I'm talking to myself in my head right now. Like, I wouldn't, I would never talk to my best friend the way that I talk to myself. And I love that just, like, little reminder, like, hey, like, is this how you would be talking to your best friend? Um, and I feel like that plays in so well to the, the self care, the self love, the inner confidence is almost like starting to grow and understand that like you can be your own best friend and like really being careful about how you're talking to yourself, like acknowledging that you are your own best friend. So powerful. Yeah. I think that, um, when we stop and look at how we communicate and treat other people versus how we communicate with ourselves and treat ourselves. um, If you've never taken a moment to really analyze that, it can be a little shocking sometimes. And so if you've not really looked at that and been mindful of it, be prepared because a lot of times we treat ourselves really poorly. And so it can be really, really powerful to just be mindful of your own inner voice and try Mm -hmm. and bring in that, that voice that's going to cheer you up and lift you and just make you feel like the amazing human that you are versus the one that questions whether I said the right thing or should I have done that? Or I must be an idiot if I thought that that was the right thing to say, or I'm pretty certain that everybody in this room is more qualified to be here than I am. Like all of these things that we might tell ourselves when we can see that voice and recognize it and then bring in more of that best friend energy and just really pump ourselves up and not in a, like, we're not telling ourselves unrealistic things, but just not 
berating ourselves, not tearing ourselves down. That can really help you to come from a healthier mindset as you're pursuing goals and clients and sales. Absolutely. So would you say that this work is for everyone? Are there specific people who should be leaning into this type of work more? Or is this something that really everyone can benefit from? Well, this work is really only for people who want to have good relationships in their life. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so and if you if you be... don't want to have good relationships, you can just like turn this episode off now. Like, just... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if you're fine with mediocre, you know, <laughs> then just keep going. But really, um, I think a lot of times too, I know we're on a business podcast right now, but a lot of times people think of vocal empowerment and they think it's just for CEOs. It's just mm-hmm. for top tier leadership. It's just for those people that are really out there. And really, I would say vocal empowerment is for everybody. It's for yes. the mom at home, because when you are empowered to speak in a way that is effective and kind, not only can you advocate for yourself and your children better, but you can help them learn to how to do that. You can communicate as your as a family better. It's for everybody. If you have relationships and you have to communicate with people, you are worthy of taking the time and energy to learn how to do it in a way that's going to benefit you and others. Wow. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be like only for high stakes conversations either, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's something as simple as knowing how to respond to my children in a Mm. kind way is really helpful. And that's, I mean, We are shaping the humans that they're becoming. So yes, it's important. But on this little micro incident within my home, it's not that important. But when you add those Mm. up, it can be powerful. So same with a relationship with a friend or a family member. Maybe those individual little instances might not be as important. But when you can have healthy communication and when you can really build a nurturing, give, take, healthy relationship, that really over time grows into something super powerful. Wow, you were so right. I was thinking even just like communicating, you know, like, or feeling comfortable speaking up, like, no, like I actually would really like to have Italian food tonight. Like sushi doesn't sound good. Like just like those very little things like that and finding that inner confidence to be able to speak up. And you're so right that those little moments add up because as you were saying that, I was thinking like, yes, if you're the type of person that's just always like, oh no, like it's it's okay. Oh, like, oh, my opinion doesn't matter. Like, don't worry. Like, I feel like you just set yourself up to be the type of person that gets taken advantage of or walked over in your relationships. And you wouldn't think that over something as simple as like, or you're going to eat dinner. You're like, oh, like, I just want to be agreeable. But if you do have an opinion I feel like it is important to voice that. And then so people know that you have opinions and you're willing to voice them and that your opinion matters and really establish that in all of your relationships. Absolutely. If you're the kind of person that always makes a decision based on what the other person wants, you are denying them the opportunity to really get to know who you are and have a truly genuine and authentic relationship. Because if you're only showing up to be who they need and want you to be, you're not showing up as yourself. And so you're, you're taking away from them the opportunity to know how truly amazing and wonderful you are. 
Wow. So if there was ever a reason to make your opinion, to make your voice heard, even in the things that seem like small and insignificant in those like single instances, that is it right there. <laughs> How powerful. So, and if we go back to the self-love, every yeah. time you choose to be quiet when you don't want to go to sushi, you're telling <laughs> yourself that you're not worth sharing that opinion. Wow. Wow. And those moments add up just as equally as the good ones. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Okay. We all need to start making our opinions, no matter how small or how big. Heard. You touched on something a minute ago about how as women we can be told, you know, like, you're too loud, you're too much, you're being a bitch, things like that. For the women who have been like very damaged by comments like that um, and that has kind of like shaped who they've become because they were constantly told they were too loud they were too much you know how do we work through healing that I'm sure like everything that we have touched on will play into that but for some people who have those like deeper wounds or that deeper trauma do you have advice on how to start this process and kind of you know, like start a rebirth almost? Yes. So I do always like to say that if you are truly dealing with trauma, a licensed mental health professional is going to be who you need. And I Wonderful. say that therapy and life coaching go hand in hand and can ah. really bring amazing results into a life. I am not a licensed therapist. And so I might help you find out and get down to the root of where trauma is. Mm -hmm. And I've done a lot of work on my own trauma, so I can send you to resources. I can share things that worked for me. Um, but if we're truly working on trauma, that is something that's important to work with a mental health professional. That Absolutely. said, um, I think that one of the best things that you can do is really acknowledge that a lot of times that's the other person's problem. Mm -hmm. So I have ADHD. I was not mm -hmm. diagnosed until I was 39 years old. Wow. And all through elementary school, I was too loud. I was too much. I was too busy. I was too this and too that. And I really internalized that. And I tried very hard to shrink myself and make myself smaller and wow. fit into what I should be, how mm -hmm. I should speak, how I should act. And so I feel like it's helpful to remember a lot of times, it's not what you need to learn. It's what you need to unlearn. We need to go back to that childlike confidence. And, you know, like if you look at a five-year-old, they're not worried about what everybody else is thinking. They're just living their best lives. Yeah. Um, so that can be really helpful to, to remember that you just need to unlearn things. That knowing wow. that authentic you is there. You just have to unlearn the things that have been put on you by society or expectations of family or religion or whatever it may be, and really tap into that. And so um, I think a really, really great tool for helping you to do that is journaling and really getting into some of those introspective questions and just asking yourself, what brings me joy? What are my values? Um, what, what do I really just dislike doing? And what doesn't bring me joy? Mm -hmm. And just looking for more areas of bringing joy into your life. Um, but if you're really struggling with trauma, a lot of times um, 
that impacts so many things and every aspect of your life from your emotional health, mental health, relationships, your physical health. And so it can be helpful too to remember that um, the vast majority of people have experienced trauma. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's six out of 10 children have experienced a significant traumatic experience within their childhood. Um, as adults, we experience trauma um, and that it's okay. That doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. Like mm -hmm. the fact that I experienced child abuse, the fact that I've experienced sexual assault does not diminish who I am as a person. It doesn't make me any less worthy of love and belonging. It doesn't make me any less valuable to show up in society and our community. What it does mean is I've had some experiences that influence and impact the way I see the world, the way that I see myself. And so it's really important for me to look at those, to work on those, to get help, to overcome those things. And as I've done those, I've found that those things can be some of your greatest assets and your greatest tools. The compassion and the empathy that I have gained through those experiences and through healing those wounds mm -hmm. comes into every aspect of the work that I do. And so when you can kind of start to find the, the gifts that come from those hard times, then you can start to become empowered by them. So that is not saying that those experiences were good or that those experiences made you stronger. It's the mm -hmm. choice that you make to become stronger from those experiences. Oh. Cause I kind of get a little bit triggered and hate when people are like, Oh, but it made you stronger. And I'm like, no, that gave me PTSD and depression. What I chose to do was become a stronger, better person through the healing work that I did. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, Tarina, how potent all of that advice just was. And I love how you really gave the permission that something even as, now I, I don't want to say small, but I'll, I'll land the plane here. I'll circle back. Something like being told as a child that you're too loud, you're too much, that that could end up, like that that can be trauma, that, that something like that could be categorized as trauma when you're looking back and, you know, someone's asking, well, like, have you experienced trauma? Like, have you had any traumatic events? And you're like, no, no, not, not really. But it's like, if you look deeper, you take a deeper look under the hood. You're like, you know, like I have, there haven't had in like any huge traumatic events in my life. That doesn't mean that you haven't experienced trauma or that you're not holding on to something that did happen to you at one point. And I just love that you said that because I feel like that is something that so many women and especially women who are now female CEOs can relate to like that. They were bossy, that they were too loud, that they were too much and would just almost like brush that off or not think that that could have caused something deeper inside of them that might need a little bit of unpacking or that like it might need to have a little bit of extra love sent there. And like you said, to unlearn that. And certainly, like those experiences did not make us stronger. I love how you said it's, it's what I chose to do. It was the action that I chose that made me stronger, not the bullshit that other people did to me or put on to me. Oh, so powerful. So, so potent. Thank you. 
so much for sharing all of this. It's, it is absolutely incredible the work that you're doing and just the mindset and like the lens that you look at the world with is so powerful. And I hope more people can start to adopt a lens more like that. Because I think society would be entirely different if everyone looked at life and situations and things that happen to them in the way that you do. Yes. And really, we do all have that choice. And so just know that um, if there's areas of your life that you're dissatisfied with, the capacity is within you to make the changes to improve those, whether that's in your personal relationships within your business. But I will say personal growth and business success are deeply intertwined. And I can almost guarantee if there is a block in your business, there's something from your personal experience that is influencing that. Wow. So to touch on that really quickly, because I would be remiss not to, How do we start diving into that? You know, there's something going on in the business. We're like, we can't get new clients. We're stuck at an income ceiling. We can't, you know, expand, like we can't grow our following, whatever it is. How do we take that issue that we see in our business and figure out what the heck it's rooted from in our life? So uh, this is where journaling and curiosity can really be helpful. So um, we'll go with the bringing in new clients. A lot of times that can be because we're not taking enough um, visibility action. And so you can ask yourself, where is the fear around this? Like, what am I truly afraid of? Am I afraid of people thinking this, of people saying this? Am I afraid of saying the wrong thing? And then once you identify what some of these fears are, you can go a step deeper. What does that mean? What does that mean about me as a person if this fear happens. And I like to walk clients through an exercise too, sometimes where we look at um, the worst case scenario, because a lot of times we can be really afraid of something, but it's just kind of this fear that's just like ruminating and running around. And when you stop and you really look at it and you're like, well, what is the worst that could happen in this situation? So many times you look at it and you're like, well, I mean, that would really suck, but it's not that bad. And I would truly be okay. (laughs) Absolutely. And so really like being curious about what is underneath of this. um, If it comes to like hitting a ceiling with your income, what is there? Were you taught messages that um, people who are rich are not good people? Were you taught that money is the root of all evil? Did your parents say things like, well, money doesn't grow on trees or And so then you think, or just whatever it may be, like these things that you may have been told as a child, if money doesn't grow on trees, then how can you sit here and build a business where money just comes in and just flows? If you're feeling like money can't do that, it can't just come. So sometimes it can be really looking at what were the messages I was told as a kid? Um, Where does this lie? Um, And what really does that mean for me? If Mm -hmm. I really look at this and analyze it and then go from there. Wow. Wow. And then just kind of walking through like, well, money can grow on trees in my world kind of thing. And just kind of like switching the, the mindset or the way that you view it like a little bit deeper in your subconscious. 
Yeah. I feel like once you've been able to identify, so maybe if we're looking at our money and we realize like, maybe it comes back to this idea that money doesn't grow on trees, then you create an affirmation for yourself because affirmations can be really powerful. And so then maybe your affirmation is abundance is always flowing to me and I'm open to everything that comes my way. And you just say that. that and say that and say that. And there is a lot of neuroscience behind affirmations and why they work and the neuroplasticity of the brain to be able to take in new information and create new um, brain patterns. So they really can be powerful, even if, and I will admit this fully and completely, they feel cheesy and stupid sometimes. <laughs> it's kind of one of those, you just trust the process and yeah. sure enough, it works. Oh, again, look at you simplifying things for me. I was really kind of like digging into that. Um, the money doesn't grow on trees thing, because as you were saying that, I was like, I have heard that. I have heard that, but it's not something that I believe now, you know, I am I of that like very abundant mindset, but like growing up, my parents were not. Um, and so how to switch that. And I love that the, the fix almost can be something as simple as that affirmation of continually reminding yourself of that. Um, for me with affirmations, just like while we're on this topic, I want to touch on it really quickly. Have you seen any of the stuff about like the lucky girl syndrome? And yes. like, yes. So someone, um, I follow on TikTok. She was like, um, the affirmation that I always use is like, I'm so lucky. Everything is always working out for me. And for me, affirmations, like I remember there was a time when I would like write affirmations out in a journal or something. And they just like never really felt like they were working. And I'm going to take this abundance one now and kind of apply the same practice to it. But when something happens to me that feels lucky, that's when I say that affirmation to like reaffirm that. So I'm like constantly triggering it. So now when something like that feels abundant happens to me, I'm going to say those like abundance affirmations because I'm not the type of person that's like, okay, like 12 o'clock, it's time to say my affirmations. Like I, I can't remember, like I don't, I can't think of them like that. And so it's when those things happen and they trigger that I'm like, oh, I'm so lucky. Everything is always working out for me or like abundance is always flowing to me and I'm open to receiving it. Oh, I'm so excited to yes. add that one in. Yes. So a couple of things that came to mind as you were sharing that, which I love. Yeah. And I think I've seen that same TikTok and I was like, yeah. yes, I love that so much. Um, what you're doing when you're um, telling yourself abundance comes my way, when you have mm-hmm. these experiences of that, Um, our brains as complicated and complex as they are, are also very simple and have not evolved very much from back of caveman days. And so they, their job is to keep us alive. That's Mm -hmm. it. And so they're going to tell us wrong things or things that are not helpful because their goal is to keep us alive until tomorrow. (laughs) So to remember that, um, your brain also does look to, confirm things that you believe. So mm. this um, this is like when you buy a new car, all of a sudden you see that car everywhere on the road. Yeah. It's that same philosophy. And okay. so if in the morning you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. It's going to be such a long day. Your brain is going to look for evidence of that all day long. If wow. you wake up and you say, 
is going to be a great day. I have so much going on and it's beautiful that I have things to be productive to work towards my business for success. Your brain is going to look for evidence of that all day long. Your brain is looking for evidence of what you tell it. So if you tell your brain positive things, it's going to look for evidence to support that. Yes. Ooh, wow. On the, I don't remember, um, affirmations at 12 o'clock. I have two <laughs> apps that I love. Yeah. <coughs> one is called I Am and one is okay. called Manifest. They're okay. both free but have paid versions. Mm-hmm. And every hour I get positive affirmations on my phone. And it's amazing. And I love it. <laughs> oh, what? Okay. I love that. I just wrote those down and we'll be checking those out. That will help, especially for those ones. I feel like that's so good for like a new affirmation as you're kind of like getting into it. You're like, you know, trying to remember it. Like you really want to ingrain it in yourself. And then do you kind of like, do you keep the same affirmations in there always? Or do you like swap them out, change them up based on what's going on in your life? So both the apps, um, have paid versions, so you can mm-hmm. select like specific things. Oh, okay, um, cool. And or you can just let it kind of be random. And so there's some that I get Fun. that aren't really applicable to me because I'm married and I have a family already. <laughs> but I'll get this affirmation that my perfect partner is coming for me, and I'm like, yes, he is. He's coming out of the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can um choose exactly what type you want, whether you want for relationships or health or finances or business. Like they're really kind of great apps where you can kind of pick what you want and what you don't want. So um, I just kind of let it be random because I like to hear all the surprised. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's fun. I feel like that would be a really good way to find new affirmations too and like incorporate them into your like daily practice or your daily routines by using those apps and like you know, finding other affirmations that other people have written. Absolutely. And if you are being more mindful of your self-talk and you're noticing a phrase of negative self-talk coming up repeatedly, Mm -hmm. um, maybe a thought of that was so stupid is something that you tell yourself a lot. Yeah. Maybe your affirmation is, I have a deep inner wisdom and knowing that I trust. And you're trying to reprogram this negative self-talk that you have through a positive affirmation. Wow. Oh, so powerful. Oh, turning to this conversation has been so much fun. But there's one other thing I have to touch on with you. Otherwise, I would be upset. And so with the listeners, you mentioned how you went viral with your article. And that kind of helped, like, I mean, you posted the article, you thought it was just kind of going to be like friends and family seeing it. You didn't expect anything to happen with this. And it seems like that was an incredible launch pad for you into your now career. Tell us, when you went viral and you were garnering all of this incredible attention, How did you capitalize on that? You know, like kind of putting on your like female CEO hat, you went viral. How did you take advantage of this and, you know, make it work for you and really create something for you? So I think this is a beautiful lesson in um, finding balance and honoring where you are at every stage of your life. When that article went viral, I had... My kids were still young. Um, I was not really looking at 
entrepreneurship at that point. It was something Mm. that my soul had had nudges towards, but I had not taken any action towards that. And so I'm going to be totally honest. It didn't at that point do anything. I didn't already have a business established. I did not jump and run. I was also dealing with postpartum depression that was Mm. really overwhelming and hard. Mm -hmm. It was not the right time in my life to capitalize on that. But the bio that you just read at the beginning of this podcast episode, yeah, it gives me credibility that I can say I've been featured on CNN and the New York Times and the Washington Post and all those things. So it gives me credibility to share that story um, now. So just remember to honor where you are. I took action. I took steps. I started Mm -hmm. my business, but it was years later. It was years later. So And there were moments where I was like, did I totally miss out on something? And maybe I could have at that point rode the curtails of that um, viral Mm -hmm. attention. And maybe it would have been a little bit easier to start my business if I had done more at that time. But I was not emotionally at a place to do that. And so you have to honor where you are and know that there's no missed opportunities because everything in life comes at the perfect timing. And you can still utilize experiences, even if it's not right in the midst of that. Wow. At the time that went viral, I literally was hiding under my covers in my bed, just taking some deep breaths like this will be okay because it was so overwhelming. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I uh, thank you so much for sharing that story. I feel like that will provide so much sense of calm. Um, to so many women listening, because it does feel, especially in today's social media age and with, you know, virality and all of that is like, did I miss out? I should have done more because I didn't do this. Like, I'm not going to get this. And you are the perfect example of, I honored myself and I honored my timeline, you know, and everything still worked out just as it was supposed to. And in a way that there, you know, there doesn't have to be regret. You don't have, like, you're not constantly kicking yourself. You're like, no, like, I'm at peace with that. I, it happened and I honored where I was at at that time. And look at me now, like everything, everything all worked out just as it was supposed to. How wonderful. So a couple of questions for you to kind of round out the show. I ask them to all of the guests because I feel like it is such potent advice to be hearing from other female CEOs. So first, tell us, how have you found balance in being a wife, a mother, and also being a female CEO? What has that balance looked like for you? I think that balance changes. Um, Mm. And this is another like honoring where you are. So some days I am in the grind, I'm in flow, I am really like working and getting a ton of work done. Other days my family needs me more and there's more attention there. So I think it's giving yourself grace to be flexible where you need to be Mm -hmm. is really important without guilt because there's been so many times where I've taken more time for my family and I feel guilty that I'm not getting XYZ done that I want to for this project that I'm working on or the other way around, like I'm really working on this project because I'm so excited about it. And I know it's going to help so many people and I'm working and working and working. And I feel guilty because my family has been neglected. When you let go of that guilt and shame and you accept where things are, I think that's where true balance comes is just having acceptance for what is. 
and not shaming yourself because that's not helping anybody. So I think the biggest part to finding balance is not this formula of spending this much time here or this much time here. It is more having acceptance and love for where you are, wherever that is in that day, in that moment, in that week. Ooh, wow. Wow. I mean, I shouldn't, I expected nothing less um, coming from you that that was incredibly powerful advice. Oh, I love that. Just so much permission was given right there. Um, and such an important reminder that, and especially as entrepreneurs, like business ebbs and flows, life ebbs and flows. And we are so fortunate as business owners to be afforded a little bit more of that flexibility than we would be if we were having to commute to an office every day and sit at a desk from nine to five. We have that ability to be flexible, to run in our business when we need to run and to spend time with our family when we need to spend time with our families. And there shouldn't be guilt around that. You know, like that's why, that's why we're doing this. That's why we put up with all of the other craziness that comes along with business ownership is to have that flexibility and that time. I love that answer. That's probably one of my favorite answers that I have heard to that question yet. So last question for you, and you have given so much wonderful advice throughout this entire episode, but if you had to pick one, one piece of advice that maybe you have learned in your career or at any point that you feel like by sharing it, it might help out another female CEO and maybe they can learn from you instead of having to make that misstep themselves. Yeah. So I think it's just repeating what I've said. Like if I have a question like this asked, it always is just get rooted in your worth and your love for yourself. Because when you're rooted in that, it makes things easier and also accept who you are right now as you have goals for improvement. Because as CEOs, as entrepreneurs, we are always in a growth mindset Um, I find that with all of the women that I associate with, like there's just such a sense of growth mindset always in these communities. Um, But I think a lot of times you have to first start with accepting who you are and loving who you are right now before that growth really can happen. So just, just fall in love with yourself, find ways to intentionally fall in love with yourself. Uh, Deal. I love that. I love that. What a great like homework assignment um, to end this episode off with, you know, like go find a way that you can give yourself some love today in a like a simple way, even if it is with your chai, you know, (laughs) something simple and enjoy that moment and be mindful or, you know, lugging around your emotional support water bottle with you everywhere that you go like me. (laughs) Oh, Tarina, this has been so, so wonderful. Thank you so much. I love how we were able to cover truly so much in this conversation and how much tactical advice you were able to share. I feel like the listeners are really going to be able to like pick and pull from what we talked about and add the tools that feel right to them into their toolbox to help them become a you know better version of themselves, a better woman, a better CEO. So thank you so much for sharing everything that you have today. Thank you, Courtney, for having me on. It really has been so great to chat with you today. Of course. So... 
As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, everybody, Tarina is doing a giveaway for the audience. So not only does she have a free journal and self-care workbook, and we'll link that in the show notes for you. So there's a freebie for everybody, but she is also going to be doing a giveaway for a free mini coaching session where you can laser focus coaching on one issue. So, you know, like anything that we've talked about today, if that has like raised a flag for you where you're like, oh, I want to dive in deeper to that, that will be the absolute perfect opportunity for you to dive into that with Tarina. Or I'm sure you can talk about so many other things as well that maybe we didn't touch on in today's episode. But to enter to win this free laser mini coaching session, all you're going to have to do is comment on one of the Female CEO Show podcast's posts with a clip from this episode on Instagram. And you will follow Tarina on Instagram as well. Tarina. Please let everybody know where they can find you, how they can connect with you, where to follow you, if they want to work with you, how they can, all of the things. Yeah. So the best place to go would be my website, which is TarinaMaldonado.com. From there, if you want to follow me on social media, please do. I'd love to have fun on social media. (laughs) Um, And then uh, that also has information about my coaching program. So you can read some more about that. There's also a link if you wanted to schedule a call to discuss what working together might work, might look like, or what my program really looks like, you can feel free to do that. Or if you're interested in finding out more about having me on as a speaker or coming in to to really teach some of these strategies to a team or a group, then you can also book a call on my site and we can discuss what that might look like as well wonderful. Everybody go connect with Tarina and I'm sure we will all be getting so much more like sage advice and self-care reminders from you and from following along with you and your work. Tarina, thank you so, so much again for your time today on the Female CEO Show podcast and thank you for listening to today's episode. We will catch you on the next one.